Hello everyone and welcome back to my channel. This is Sabrina May and I am your host for Talk Sex with Sabrina on therealpeopletalk.ca. Thanks for being here. Today we'll be discussing something that many people have concerns about. With recognizing the volume of humans that are not comfortable talking about, like even just talking about it. That's right, sex of course, what other channel do you think we're on here? We're going to talk about sex. But today, we're going to break down the 10 most common fears about sex that people experience. And kind of, you know, zhuzh on the how to get over it, if you will. Let's kick this off with the fear of social or cultural stigmas associated with sex or sexual behavior. Boy, do we live in a world of stigmas. Stigmas in so many ways. Stigmas because of lack of education, knowledge, across the vast lands of the entire world. Because every culture is different. Every, you know, wherever you are geographically, your influence and education and upraising and all of it around you is so different from another who is brought up somewhere else. All that social and and uh, cultural stuff is like so beyond impactful. But people are, you know, I know you semi pay attention to it, but not entirely. So that's where we're going to kick this off with you focusing on that those fears and recognizing them because social and cultural stigmas can cause people to feel ashamed or embarrassed about their sexuality causing a fear towards sex as it is and we all know or I shouldn't say that that's why we're here we should all know that sex is a natural and healthy part of life I'm here to spread that message that it's here, that it's a natural and a healthy part of our lives. And education for oneself and surrounding oneself, like understanding those around you or anyone that you choose to be with or want to be with. Otherwise, educate yourself on those things and support your be supported by people who can help overcome this fear with you. So relatability finding other people that have those relatabilities whether it be your religion or your um your social environment you know maybe you are a tiny little town in the northwest territories of canada if you're not from here or canada and don't know where that is that's like all the north 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 um and that is very remote living populations very very low and so that kind of environment that social environment what is what's created so then that person then comes over and is somewhere else they don't know and they only know what they did learn so stigmas can be interpreted in so many directions in so many ways from people that we all need to pay attention and respectfully recognize those social and cultural differences between each other and just you know take a second and and recognize to allow the easing off of the fear that goes into those because if we weren't so flipping judgmental and all the other things we're going to get into that causing all these fears then this would be a lot uh 
a lot easier for everybody to enjoy their sexuality naturally and healthy. So educate oneself and surround oneself with supportive people that can help and overcome this fear. Relatability, find the groups, find the clubs, find a single person that you can connect with on a social media app or um, a church if religion is your thing, whatever the case may be. Communicate, but educate yourself. Educate, educate, educate to alleviate all these stigmas that are put in place that don't belong. This fear, this hot topic on the fear of sexual orientation or gender identity discrimination. I'd like to first point out to any of you who do not understand or even agree with the differences of what sexual orientation and the gender spectrum, do me a favor and just bear with me throughout this segment. Because discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender gender identity not only causes anxiety and fear, but such a great divide, like between everybody. It's so heartbreaking how it divides us. It's important to remember that everyone has the right to express their sexuality and gender identity. So being that everyone has that right, you have the right to either understand or not agree with whatever. You have that right. But keep it to, to you. Because you have to also, if you want that respect, that you have that right, then the person that you have, you don't understand, they also have that right. They are just as equally human as you are. And whether they are somewhere on the gender spectrum that you don't identify with, or their sexual orientation is not something that you're interested in, don't discriminate respectfully move on or educate yourself to understand better i mean we've i've been saying that so this isn't information new information i've been saying it the world's been saying it just understand from a different point of view and if you don't like it don't force others into whatever you need that's your choice on how you see things for everyone else they shouldn't be discriminated. And that fear of sexual orientation or gender identity discrimination, I hate that it's even on this list, but it's facts. And the only way we're gonna get past that and overcome that are those that if you don't understand, understand. Educate yourself. Don't go and make comments or do things blindly without understanding. And if you even don't agree with, you've done your research and whatever you see and understand how you perceive things and you don't agree with others and their choice, that's fine for you. Do not put it out on them. Probably just repeated myself in the same way over and over in this part, but it's, it's as simple as that. If you aren't into what they're into, move on because they're not into everything you're into and they don't care either and you shouldn't care so all the ways back and forth let's be a better world shall we this is a tough one to overcome however i believe we're gonna 
We're going to touch on that here in a second. But the fear of being vulnerable or exposed during sex can be interpreted in so many ways that I'll say this. Fear of vulnerability and exposure can cause people to avoid sex altogether. And more commonly than not, it is one exposing their true sexual preferences that is the deepest part of that fear. And for those of you that have had to battle through sexual orientation or gender identity discrimination, I commend you for your bravery of still being here and making it through because I know it's been a rough go, but we're all in this together and I know you'll make it through. Be sure to surround yourself with supportive people and ask for help if necessary. There's so many resources, so don't be alone in this because you're not. You are loved and wanted and we are glad you are here. Shall I say trigger warning at the beginning of this one? When we talk about fear of sexual trauma. I know you've heard this a million times if you've been one that's been through it, but it's worth repeating. It is so important to seek help if you have experienced sexual violence or assault. So with that said, I'm going to get into the topic of sexual trauma and the fear of it. Because sexual violence and assault are serious issues that can cause long-lasting trauma. Now like this, when I say long-lasting, if you have not experienced it, you may not truly understand, but I need you to respectfully understand that those who have had it in whatever form or matter that they have had it and experienced such a trauma of whatever level, that that can be triggering for the rest of their lives or at least until something helps them overcome that fear and sometimes that whatever that is doesn't come around and or isn't possible and they have that fear for the rest of their lives so pay attention respect be mindful that's what's most important that whether it's yourself if you have had the sexual trauma then you know that once you've had some you know, maybe some support and seeking some help, whether it be through a friend or someone online. I am not opposed to the fact that I know I've had help from reaching, uh, getting to know people simply on the TikTok app, okay? Because, you know, not all of us make it to a counselor. We don't make it to or have friends or family or otherwise or we have friends and family, but their wherewithal to what you've experienced is not on the same level. But there are people that are relatable out there that you can connect with and go, oh my gosh, okay. And some of just finding that relatable conversation can help on so many levels in so many ways to just have that, those others to, to lean on and go, oh, they get it. Because I know that within sexual trauma some of the biggest things or the biggest weight is that you're alone in it you're you're suffering so alone in it but you're not there's so many like you that 
have experienced it. Unfortunately, it breaks my heart, and to this day, it is still such a problem throughout the world that I just... That's a whole other podcast because, or more than one, because sexual trauma is massive and it plays a role in the entire world of sex on so many levels. Um, hence why I do what I do and why I'm here. I'm talking about why can we not talk about sex? What are the fears of sex? All those things because so much is connected to some sexual violence and assault issues over time and place. So let's all as a community and then some be aware of, be mindful of, respectful of, communicate about and prevent any fear of sexual trauma in the future as best as we can. Remember that consent is essential in all sexual interactions. Let me just say that one more time. Remember that consent is essential in all sexual interactions. Just remember that and what it truly just simply means. Throughout this whole podcast, I've really talked about communication being a key role in um, assisting anyone overcoming a fear in one way or another, trying to, you know, get through that, talk about it, communicate about it, right? Well, this particular fear that we're going to focus on right now is the fear of communication, fear of sexual communication. And so all those fears, how do you overcome them when you also have a fear of the communication part, right? That's going to be a little tough. Fear of emotional closeness can make it difficult to form deep connections with a partner, Emotional intimacy is an incredibly important part of anyone's healthy sexual relationships, though. So, let me give some examples. In uh, There was someone I dated once, and they had some sexual fantasies that I didn't know anything about um, until after we dated. And I'm friends with practically all my exes, so... Being close friends with them after the fact, we chatted a lot and got to, you know, knew each other on another level than when we were together. Because communication in a relationship, for whatever reason, we seem to hold back on certain things. We are willing to tell our friends, but we're not willing and open to be that verbally intimate with our closest partner who we're physically intimate with. So, like... How that works, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm putting my, you know, finger on it, pointing it out, and telling all of you, let's overcome this and switch this up. Let me explain. There was, um, when I was speaking at some of the taboo shows in the fall last year, um, in 2022, they, it was an interesting point of, I asked some people, and a common answer, um, which I also always saw at an, uh, sex shop I witnessed it there as well when working there that when a couple comes in versus um a couple friends come in together how and what is discussed I mean obviously it's you and your partner conversations are going to be different than like you and your best friend about what you're going to do with that anal plug or otherwise but what 
couples are still not okay with being able to say or express between each other. Um, but that friend can definitely tell their best friend going, oh, I'd like to try that, but I don't think he's going to be into that or she or they or them, whatever your partner. Um, but that communication, it should be um, it should be more free between you and a partner that you're going to be sexually have relations with versus your friends, your friends, keep it, keep that friendship, that strong friendship and that strong communication because having that, what do you call it, like a sounding board uh, of a person is so important, but also with your own partner. Um, Like when I said, when I was going to the taboo show is why I brought that up and then I tangent. There were people that would go to the taboo show and would experience that whole show and go through all the different booths, or maybe not all the different booths, they would probably approach different booths than they would with their friends. And then when they go through with a friend, the entire different experience that they're going to have, it's really massive, massively different. And I've had, I even actually walked someone through um, one of those taboo shows in the last, and it was a friend, she brought um, a friend, he came and to come hang out so she had somebody to hang with and while looking around and then I went and joined them for a little bit and they're like holy walking around the show you know with just us and then walking around with you and how like it was just a different experience because it's about communication that sexual communication and being able to open up you should be able to communicate between your friends but also especially with your most intimate person that you're being intimate with because if you can't talk about it then you shouldn't be having it with each other because that's how important communication is truly 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 and going back to the person I dated that had some fantasies that didn't share with me when we were together but then shared with me later it's so fascinating I I learned a lot um I learned um, I researched some and whatever because, you know, it's my realm of information, yes. But that, I'm like, why didn't you share this when we were together? And they had such a fear to share that when we were together. But now as we're friends and that he goes, I can't believe I never shared this or I could have had all this with you, but I didn't talk about it. I didn't, you know, I just did it. And now, and I'm like, you know, c'est la vie, sexual communications, don't miss out on some things that you might really, the, your partner might be more into than you realized or could accomplish and you didn't know it because you just judged the scenario and thinking that no, they'd never. Or, you know, it's all about how you communicate it too. Because at first, my ex, the way they described what it was, I'm like, I can't do that. It was, well, it was a humiliation fantasy. And humiliation is actually quite a, a huge like genre of um, sexual pleasures and things like that and kinks and fetishes. And so their specific humiliation and all things that going with that, I'm like, I can't be mean. I couldn't say those things to you. Like, no way. And so that's where like it was so simple because it, it was just about he's like, you can't be mean to me. I know you can't. And then so when it came out to be afterwards and I, I researched to understand their 
their interest in it and what they saw like through porn and whatever and I'm like oh now I understand it more and I get it and I'm like I can say those things because I know I have this trust that him and I had built obviously but uh, in this scenario and that trust that was built is that I know that what I'm saying how it's how it's affecting him and how I know what I'm not doing to him like if I have a fear of saying such nasty things to someone of them feeling horrible because I'm the one saying it, then um, knowing though that he's actually like, no, I want to hear these things because of the this, that I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's communication. Communication and understanding the reasonings behind one's fetishes and kinks, pleasures, whatever, sexual interests, fantasies, all that kind of stuff. Talk it out before, during, after, all of it. Even after, don't forget. After talk, communicate. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Nope, so not my thing. Never going there again. Or glad you got that off your your uh, thing. That was your birthday present. We're never going there again. Or you know what? That was actually a lot of fun. Let's try that or this in this way. Or you know, I have some things I could think of and blah, blah, blah. You never know what might open. Once you get past that fear of sexual communication and you end up being able to communicate. And like I said, if they can't communicate with you back, then how are you having sex with that person? If you two can't communicate, then that's not what sex is about. You shouldn't be having sex if you can't communicate about it between each other. Sexual communication also comes in the form of body language. Body language is so important in that you have to be able to read because if your partner isn't have the um the the strength to be able to share their fears with you and that's okay because it takes you know everybody their own time to be able to do that you need to recognize in your partner their body language on whether that when they say yes that they're really meaning it um and they're not just saying yes to please you and leave it at that but make sure that you know or they're nudging you away like really don't i'm not interested no that's and that's not their flirt and you know this recognize read the room people pay attention to body language not just the words well when it comes down to sexual communication intimacy and vulnerability are essential components of a healthy sexual relationship those vulnerabilities can be the turn-ons within themselves that intimacy and being able to be intimate with someone is a pleasure and the point of all that that comes in with the sex within itself as well. Building trust with a partner and communicating openly can help overcome this fear. Yep, communication. But it's because, like I said, one exposing their true sexual preferences, if they can't communicate it, Without the fear of, you know, things that we've mentioned within this whole podcast, um, all the judgments and the rejections and all that kind of stuff, that being vulnerable, allow you yourself or allowing your partner to expose and share their deepest desires and otherwise, and don't judge on it, hear them out. Hear them out and then 
you know, act accordingly. If it's something that you're not interested in or otherwise, then that you have the right to share that, but allow your partner to be vulnerable and allow them to trust you to be able to um, share without being attacked. You don't have to go, oh yeah, I'm into that too. That's totally what I'm for. No, but allowing for your partner to be vulnerable and fear and be exposed that they exposed in the sense of even just standing naked in front of your partner you want to be able to feel comfortable and i remember where some of my relationships i was in my personal love language if you're familiar with the five love languages my number one is affirmations and uh so i like to hear from people what they're you know, thoughts are. That's just part of who I am. And I've been in relationships where I've had partners, you know, just boast about, you know, my mommy belly that's, you know, not so flat and surfboardish. It's, you know, a little jelly and whatever. And they just absolutely shared how they adore it. And that, you know, that that right that we have, you know, I created a baby in there, like a whole entire human being, etc. Like, own it, love it, that's powerful, that's amazing. And but that exposure of me laying there or standing there naked and it all being, you know, saggy, this and that, they made me feel still so sexy because they reminded me that those things are. But then I've had partners where they don't say much of anything. And then so you kind of feeling exposed um, or vulnerable in front of them. You're trying to go, hey, baby, like, yeah, I'm standing here naked. You still interested? Like, and your partner not kind of giving back to that, that vulnerable and exposed feeling is an entire different thing. And a whole other, how do you do it again if the last person didn't do it for you or all that kind of stuff. So vulnerable and being exposed, um, during sex or sexually and where you're trying to get the sex going or any of those things, please remember to be respectful to each other and build that trust. And again, communicate to be able to overcome this fear and kick it in its ass. Oh, yes. The fear of contracting sexually transmitted infections, also known as STIs used to be known as STDs. And there's so many things, so many ways, so many titles, so many types of STIs. Let's talk about that and why it's obviously a fear. This fear is also very common, like, and because this can be affect absolutely anyone, anyone's sexual orientation, gender, etc. You are all affected by all the various ways that are out there um, for all the STIs. The fear of contracting an STI can really make people avoid sex altogether, obviously, for that reason. However, if you educate yourself about STIs and use protection, and whether it's condoms, dental dams, whatever the case, then there's ways that you can alleviate that fear. Some of that fear of getting an STI, just the idea of having those acronyms, like you're going, oh, you've got this, can be so overwhelming 
I understand. However, to lighten that mind weight, if you will, educate yourself in the first place. What does it mean to have each of or any of the STIs? What are the symptoms? What are the telltale signs? What are all those things that you need to understand if you're going to choose to do sexual actions and orientations of any kind with anyone and possibly contract an STI? So the things you need to go, and, and as much as you might really, really want that sex, Oh no, you've got an open sore somewhere, you know, on your mouth, near there, whatever. Sorry, don't. Just don't. I don't care who you are. What you, If you clean any of that, little things like that, you're like, oh, it was just a little, you know, an ingrown hair and I ignored it. And it was just a bump and whatever. Open sores are a gateway of all kinds of things. Nasty, right? Nobody likes to talk about that stuff, but... It's a common, like, that's why, why we're here and having this conversation because it's such a common fear because we don't talk about it. But those things are out there. And some of them are just, it's just an infection. No different than, like, you know, a female getting a bladder infection because that is a very common thing that happens um, from rigorous types of sex because that can happen. It can be about the type of sex you choose to have, um, whether you're choosing to pee right after sex all those kinds of things, um, they all matter and take part. So that if you educate yourself in some of those directions, then you will, you know, maybe live a healthier sexual lifestyle of whatever it is, even if it's just you and your partner. Get to know why or what those possibilities are out there and the symptoms that can be there. Because you're like, wait a minute, why am I having to pee so often? Hold on. And then it, really you have an infection growing in you. Those infections can get nasty. I've been there and it's gotten to like where I've had sepsis, where the infection is spreads into your bloodstream and you can almost die. So a little bladder infection can go a long way, people. So please. Pay attention to yourself, take care of yourself, understand what possibilities are out there, what STIs are out there so you know how to prevent yourself from getting them. And all of that will take the weight off of your fear of receiving them on a much lighter note because the fear of the unknown is the biggest part of the fear right there, right? Here's a fear. Fear of getting pregnant or causing pregnancy. It's quite a common fear between both men and women because the fear of getting pregnant or causing pregnancy, well, that's pretty flippin' epic and life-changing, wouldn't you say? Um, it caused some anxiety and some stress. I can tell you, one who suffers from anxiety and uh, depression, bipolar, like let's list all the labels, shall we? We won't. We've been here before. But with those, what anxiety and pregnancy did to me was like, well, it canceled out some. I'll tell you that. It canceled out some in the past. Um, I only birthed one child. Um, but yeah, the absolute epic health crash that started occurring in my body um, 
like when I was pregnant with my son, I had to take such an early disability leave before my even my my mat leave because I was just stress and anxiety. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. Now at this time, I didn't understand my anxiety at that time. This was back in 2003, 2004, and I was pregnant over that window of time. So I, why I mentioned two years there, but the over that time, being able to process. We didn't know my, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't understand anxiety the way we understand it today and the full imprint it makes into someone and how it affects them. So just the fear of pregnancy and the potential of pregnancy in itself, you don't even got to be pregnant. And that fear is like heavy duty. I Grew up with a friend who was so spot on with their birth control, and I'm not mentioning their name, so if they listened, I hope you don't mind me sharing your story, but um, they were very, because they were aware of their anxiety and understanding methods that they needed to do, uh, to take to, in order to, to handle that, and it was literally taking their birth control, which you gotta be, like, on time every day, was why I didn't take the pill when I was younger, because I'm so ADHD, it was just never gonna happen, so then the fear of, well, I didn't take it on time, or I missed a few days, was always gonna be there, um, without a doubt, so I tried other options, you know, I went through the Nuva Ring, I tried the patch, I did the IUD, all kinds of things, until my 30s when I tied my tubes. But back to my story of my girl, she, when we would go out, for example, if we were going out clubbing and um, like, or to a pub, whatever it was, 10 p.m. was her time each day. And so if we were out at that time and she may have had a couple drinks or not, whatever it is, just for her extra to have somebody back her up, she would always take it with, a you know, a drink of water, but she'd go to the bathroom specifically to take it and have someone witness with her because her anxiety was so strong. And like the amount of pregnancy tests she'd end up taking afterwards, if she ended up having sex with her partner that night, like was so like, anything she it was just it was a real strong one and because that's for real that's how a lot of people are dealing with and most people don't realize the impact of what anxiety and stress of the potential of this is really not the time that I want to be pregnant or have babies and all that jazz it is crumbling it can be so crumbling so avoiding the act or anything like that can absolutely um, be a fear I think you can all agree. Now, let's talk about overcoming this fear. Well, the obvious, it's very, you know, the most obvious that most of us have understood, but not all. So we're going to talk about it. It's the important use of contraception. Can't clearly, what am I trying to say? Clearly, clarifly, my goodness, <laughs> my English sometimes, I tell you, but literally, I couldn't clearly more Im- Im- just embed into the use of contraception. It must be that you think of all the ways and look at ways and make your considerations right down to that when you're in the moment and it's your partner and you are long-term married and all that jazz, you've got some kids, whatever, if you are not 
well, I, I hate that I'm saying that. I'm saying this a lot with references to some women because, um, but this stands on both parts and I'll get to that in a second, but it sounds like I'm really putting this on women and I shouldn't be, but hey, I am a Gen Xer and I, it has been put on me for my entire life as more than, you know, we really put it on the dudes as well. So let's talk about all of that. We're, that's what we're, I'm trying to get to the base of here. So stick with me. But the, well, when you're getting down to it and you know you're not on your birth control or you know you've missed some pills and you too are not using condoms because you've been in a relationship for a hell of a long time and you're, com- you know, you're good, you know you're not sleeping with anybody else, you don't have to worry about STIs, all that kind of stuff. But you take that risk, then pff, that's a risk you take that you may end up being pregnant in somehow other way. And if you're kind of like, oh, just not right now. Let's not put one on now because like, you know, we'll be fine. Just pull out. Just pull out. Or the man. I can't now. This is what I'm saying. Or the man. Oh, I'll just pull out, honey. I'll just pull out. I'll just pull out in time. I will this. I will that. Blah, 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 blah. It is just as much on the man as it is the woman when it comes down to the actual act and it happening. It's on both because if you choose to go through with the act while doing that and knowing all of the above things, then that's something that you got to own, okay? So that is, and but of course, that's a fear and, and all of that, but use contraception. There's female condoms. There's, um, I believe, my mom said it and I haven't had a chance to research it yet, but she just only mentioned it the other day that there is a male um, like birth control out now. I know there's been what works on it, but I don't, I don't know of it yet. And maybe is it Canada? Is it US? I don't know. Again, don't count on me for that. Look into it. Research your own shit. Everything you put in your body, research it, which whether it's going to be a patch on your body that's going to, you know, put stuff into you. How is it going to affect you? Do your research. Understand your options. Condoms even. Condoms, there are so many things. Are you are you putting it on right? Yeah, I said that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, message in the comments. Let's talk about it. I'm okay with that. Because sometimes you got to put it on right in order for it not to be ripping, tearing, or otherwise, um, and not doing its job the way it should be. Um, also, uh, making sure you're wearing the right sizing. Also, making sure that you're wearing condoms that aren't going to necessarily irritate your partner because maybe they're allergic to, well, common one, latex, um, things like that. Or you're allergic to latex and you can't wear those kinds of condoms. Yada, yada, yada. There's so many things. Female condoms etc. Don't just, you know, always go, oh, I'm on birth control. We good. Or, you know, she's on birth control. We good. It doesn't work like that, okay? We human people, reproductive stuff happens. Now, that's also, I've mentioned, you know, in relations to men and women, but um, getting pregnant through other types of gender, uh, sexual orientation mix-ups, not as much as a worry, which is kind of handy for you guys. I'm just saying. I don't know if that's offensive. I really hope it's not because to me, I'm like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. To not have the anxiety and the stresses of getting that can be very weightlifting for the mental health. That's where I mean by that. So please, I hope you're not offended. And 
I want to also point out, besides contraception um, and just finding whatever way that you're going to make sure you ain't getting pregnant or anybody getting pregnant, in order to do that, communication between two people, no matter what sexual orientation you are, any kind of communication between the two of you is absolutely the most important thing that you could do in any way. And if you can't communicate, then you shouldn't be having sex. If you two cannot exchange communication, that intimacy level, if you will, then how can you throw in and having sex? And I don't mean that you need to have some like emotional relationship for it. Literally, it's just you got to stand your ground for the rights of your own body and your own self and all of that. And also communicating to understand your partner and your partner understanding you. All of that needs to happen. And I don't mean like, let's sit down and have a board meeting here and talk about things. But, you know, conversations, figure it out, but communicate, okay? Communicate and don't get pregnant unless you plan on it. Because one of my favorite quotes, it's, I think, from Eat, Pray, Love and, um, the character says getting pregnant is like getting a tattoo on your face. I mean, we are in a world where there's like laser removals and things, but it's not the same. But yeah, when you commit, it's commitment. You commit it, okay? So just be cautious and take the right actions to prevent it. And if you do those things, then you shouldn't have the anxiety and the stresses because you know you good. You took care of yourself and you covered all your bases as much as you possibly could, okay? The fear of not being able to perform sexually or satisfy a partner, I understand it. But one needs to remember, sexual performance is not the only aspect of a healthy sexual relationship. So, how do we solve this fear? How do you work over? I can say that confidence is definitely a thing and that's not easy for many um, to conquer in so many ways. But having confidence and or even, you know, that whole fake it till you make it line, that fake confidence of, yeah, I've got this. Oh, man, have I used that many a times for myself of, yeah, I've got this. Of course, I'm pretty. Of course, I've got that. And I look great. And this outfit works. And I totally just said all the right things. Sure, I've got this, right? Like, you just got to hold that power and and make yourself believe it even though on the inside you are like sweating buckets you are freaking shaking like a leaf you're just like oh my gosh I, what am i doing how do i what is this all that you know all those thoughts all those guilt shames things that all just come to the mind but sometimes you just you got to jump and into and experiment cuz experimentation a focus on pleasure, the pleasure side of it, not, you know, just the, the mechanics of sex, but um, focus on the what can create pleasure and communicate about it. All that, that can help overcome this fear. 
experimentation. You don't, if you don't like something after you've tried it, you are not obligated to ever do it again. So trying it or just kind of at least learning about educating yourself on something. Um, for example, let's say, um, the shibari ropes. I love using that as an example for certain things. So shibari roping, look into it, Google it, figure it out, is a form of a Japanese rope tying um, kind of bondage thing. But don't don't freak at the word bondage when I say it that way, because I love it as a more, um, I've seen it where people use it for sensory, like anxiety and that tension and what you can, and you are in control because they're, so they're like tying things around their legs, like so their bottom leg and their top leg together and that tension and the, the pressure that they have control of in within that tension, that experimentation of feeling going, oh wow, I do, that takes away what I'm feeling in another zone in way that you, of what's ever causing that fear and that anxiety that brings up things in your performance. So you want to know a little bit more, do some research on the shibari, figure it out. You don't know your ropes, but that's okay. You got to experiment somewhere and start with yourself in some things um, with some toys and um, tools. And then, like I said, also remember to focus on the pleasure and that with the rope you can kind of might, and you're like, wow, actually, I kind of like, let me tie this part or just put my hands together and tie this. And also, <laughs> knowing the ropes is kind of a handy, you know, if the apocalypse is really about to be here, it's a handy tool to know of survivally. So, you know, ropes are a good option to experiment with if you haven't gotten there already. And let me just always re-pressurize the importance of communication. I say it and I keep repeating it because I can't say it enough to implement how important it really truly is. So after every one of these two years, if I have to repeat myself with the word communication, deal with it because communication is the word. Important fear I wanted to really truly cover. I mean, they're all important. Um, we're going to talk, we obviously are talking about all of them, but this one I feel is not spoken enough about that it's important that we listen in on this one. The fear of pain during sex and discomfort. Why I bring this up is because pain during sex can be caused by a number of factors, such as medical conditions, lack of lubrication, or even psychological factors. It's important to communicate with your partner and seek medical advice if necessary. So I'm saying that because I want to point out I am not a medical professional with a certificate of any kind. I am just an advice and um, communicator of sharing the information that I have gained over the years through experience, conversations, and then some with many various peoples and scenarios. So. Remember, I'm not a doctor, so if there is any pain during sex or discomfort or any of that kind of stuff um, on a common, check with your doctor to possibly why there are so many medical factors that could actually be causing things for you inside that like there's, I, I spoke with one person once and how they have actually, how do, I don't know, I can't remember how it's called, but they, the wall inside their vagina there was actually kind of like a split between two. So one, if you, uh, 
something was to penetrate on one side, it was painful, but if you kind of got it in into the other side, then that kind of tunnel of action was more pleasurable, but it was also not as great and it was still painful. And I, I mean, you're trying to listen to me right now and you're like, what the heck is she talking about? Really, it's irrelevant. That was someone's story and their scenario, but it was a medical thing that was not very common that she had going on in her vagina walls. So, but you couldn't see it from the outside. You couldn't, it was so just how it worked, you couldn't see it. So in order for her to finally kind of figure that out when they were going in and I think it was a pap test or something else that they were doing, they figured out, they're like, wait a minute, hold on. There's two different sides. There's a, you've got a split wall here. Uh, so there can be so many things. So if you're experiencing that, check in, go ask a doctor and communicate with them, find out what's up, that kind of thing. And as for your partner, make sure, you know, you if your partner is experiencing some things, don't just tell them, oh, it's just this. Don't feel that you are the one that knows all and end all. Your part, your person or yourself, whichever, know your body the most and stand up for your body as much as possible in any way, all the way. And that goes for to your partner and they need to understand and respect that, you know what, maybe we should get this checked out. Be that supportive person, not that, well, we'll just get it, we'll work it in. It's not going to work. That doesn't happen for everybody. It's not. It really isn't. There's so many factors in different ways. Let's also point out how about if a partner has MS. That that MS and one's MS journey, multiple sclerosis, if you don't know what MS is, that journey that they go through and they, how it, it will take, you know, more and more from them as life goes on, that process that is pains and discomforts that are unknowledgeable to you, but to them, if you are communicating, then you can get it right. I mean, now I have a friend who's MS and um, her, kind of her kink, I, she lucked out with it being kind of on pain. Some people enjoy a little bit of, you know, or a lot of pain for their pleasures and she's one of them. So ironic. And I'm like, you know, that kind of really works out for you. Um, but not always, like, it's not that, you know, not great. Let's obviously MS isn't awesome, but those who aren't like you have to be, there's all their nerves and, and all their parts and things, what you have to be cautious of and respectful of towards to make sure that everybody's having the same kind of pleasure and, or enjoying the same amount of pleasure is what I mean. And you've got to communicate. So getting over any fear of any pain or discomfort, it all comes down to communication all before the game and even during the game. While you're doing something and if something is really uncomfortable, maybe it was comfortable at first, but then it got uncomfortable, but you're still going at it, speak up, point it out, put it going, I can't do that. Or it's never that comfortable, but you kind of do it because your partner is like so into it. You're like, yeah, but then, or you're uncomfortable, this happens after the fact, like your parts are sore and hurting because of something that you might've done. And to, you know, sexually exploring each other, whichever way. And when you did that, 
um, the pain lasts for days later? Do you want to endure that pain in the future again? Was that the enjoy, did you enjoy it during and was it worth the pain that you will endure after that for whatever that causes? You need to understand all that side of things and your partner and you need to know it in your partner, etc. But for yourself and anyone that you interact with, communication. Throughout this whole podcast, I've really talked about communication being a key role in um, assisting anyone overcoming a fear in one way or another, trying to, you know, get through that, talk about it, communicate about it, right? Well, this particular fear that we're going to focus on right now is the fear of communication, fear of sexual communication. And so all those fears, how do you overcome them when you also have a fear of the communication part, right? That's going to be a little tough. Fear of emotional closeness can make it difficult to form deep connections with a partner. Emotional intimacy is an incredibly important part of anyone's healthy sexual relationships, though. So let me give some examples. In uh, There was someone I dated once, and they had some sexual fantasies that I didn't know anything about um, until after we dated. And I'm friends with practically all my exes. So being close friends with them after the fact, we chatted a lot and got to, you know, knew each other on another level than when we were together. Because communication in a relationship, for whatever reason, we seem to hold back on certain things. We are willing to tell our friends but we're not willing and open to be that verbally intimate with our closest partner who we're physically intimate with. So like how that works, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm putting my you know finger on it, pointing it out and telling all of you, let's overcome this and switch this up. Let me explain. There was, um, when I was speaking at some of the taboo shows in the fall last year, um, in 2022, they, it was an interesting point of, I asked some people and a common answer, um, which I also always saw at a sex shop. I witnessed it there as well when working there, that when a couple comes in versus, um, a couple friends come in together, how and what is discussed I mean, obviously, it's you and your partner. Conversations are going to be different than, like, you and your best friend about what you're going to do with that anal plug or otherwise. But what couples are still not okay with being able to say or express between each other, um, but that friend can definitely tell their best friend going, oh, I'd like to try that, but I don't think he's going to be into that or she or they or them, whatever your partner. Um, but that communication, it should be um, it should be more free between you and a partner that you're going to be sexually have relations with versus your friends, your friends, keep it, keep that friendship, that strong friendship and that strong communication because having that, what do you call it, like a sounding board uh, of a person is so important. But also with your own partner, um, like when I said, when I was going to the taboo show is why I brought that up and then I tangent. There were people that would go to the taboo show and would experience that whole show 
and go through all the different booths or maybe not all the different booths. They would probably approach different booths than they would with their friends. And then when they go through with a friend, the entire different experience that they're going to have, it's really massive, massively different. And I've had, I even actually walked someone through um, one of those taboo shows in the last, and it was a friend she brought, um, a friend he came and to come hang out so she had somebody to hang with and while looking around and then I went and joined them for a little bit and they're like holy walking around the show you know with just us and then walking around with you and how like it was just a different experience because it's about communication that sexual communication and being able to open up you should be able to communicate between your friends but also especially with your most intimate person that you're being intimate with because if you can't talk about it then you shouldn't be having it with each other because that's how important communication is truly 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 and going back to the person i dated that had some fantasies that didn't share with me when we were together but then shared with me later it's so fascinating i i learned a lot um i learned um, I researched some and whatever because, you know, it's my realm of information, yes. But that, I'm like, why didn't you share this when we were together? And they had such a fear to share that when we were together. But now as we're friends and that he goes, I can't believe I never shared this or I could have had all this with you, but I didn't talk about it. I didn't, you know, I just did it. And now, and I'm like, you know, c'est la vie, sexual communications, don't miss out on some things that you might really, the, your partner might be more into than you realized or could accomplish and you didn't know it because you just judged the scenario and thinking that no, they'd never. Or, you know, it's all about how you communicate it too. Because at first, my ex, the way they described what it was, I'm like, I can't do that. It was, well, it was a humiliation fantasy. And humiliation is actually quite a, a huge like genre of um, sexual pleasures and things like that and kinks and fetishes. And so their specific humiliation and all things that going with that, I'm like, I can't be mean. I couldn't say those things to you. Like, no way. And so that's where like it was so simple because it, it was just about he's like, you can't be mean to me. I know you can't. And then so when it came out to be afterwards and I, I researched to understand their their interest in it and what they saw like through porn and whatever and I'm like oh now I understand it more and I get it and I'm like I can say those things because I know I have this trust that him and I had built obviously but uh, in this scenario and that trust that was built is that I know that what I'm saying how it's how it's affecting him and how I know what I'm not doing to him like if I have a fear of saying such nasty things to someone of them feeling horrible because I'm the one saying it, then um, knowing though that he's actually like, no, I want to hear these things because of the this, that I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's communication. Communication and understanding the reasonings behind one's fetishes and kinks, pleasures, whatever, sexual interests, fantasies, all that kind of stuff. Talk it out before, during, after, all of it. Even after, don't forget. After talk, communicate. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Nope, so not my thing. Never going there again. Or glad you got that off your, 
your uh, thing that was your birthday present. We're never going there again. Or you know what? That was actually a lot of fun. Let's try that or this in this way. Or you know, I have some things I could think of and blah, blah, blah. You never know what might open once you get past that fear of sexual communication and you end up being able to communicate. And like I said, if they can't communicate with you back, then how are you having sex with that person if you two can't communicate? Then that's not what sex is about. You shouldn't be having sex if you can't communicate about it between each other. So communication, like I said, all throughout this couldn't be more important. All right. This one's going to hit. This one's going to hit every single one of you because I don't know a human being out there that over your lifetime, in one way or another, these two words are not going to resonate with you. Fear of being judged or rejected by a sexual partner. Now, was I right? Because fear of rejection or judgment by a sexual partner can cause anxieties and insecurity. However, it's also important to remember that everyone has their own preferences and boundaries. So, yes, every single person has experienced this in one way or another. And that's where we all need to take that second and remember that there's always two sides. So you might be getting rejected for something. And you're feeling all of your feels for being rejected. But take a second and don't forget, you were rejected from someone who chose to say no for a reason. And that rejection, they have the right to. Obviously, everybody has a right to say no, right? Consent, all that. I don't think I need to get into that conversation right now but that rejection and you receiving i respect your reason okay i get it that is so important so important um you know it's interesting i used to when i was younger and i was in my 20s and this was like before my kid and actually even i think after who knows irrelevant but when i go to the club for example the old ways of socially interacting with most. When going to the club and I'm hanging out, I feel very claustrophobic within the um, in the dance floor when everybody's there because I just, I don't know, some of you might understand and relate with me that you feel like you're like all of a sudden the doorway on the dance floor no matter where you stand. Somehow everybody's got to move you out of the way. And that I think has a little bit to do with me always moving out of people's way for them and that's really stupid, but that was then. That's a whole other person. But then, at back then, I'd always hear I'd hung out with more guys than I did with girls. And so I always got the insight on how guys were thinking and talking, etc., and what they liked or not. And so often or not, one that girls, we would fake having a boyfriend to say no to someone rather than just being completely blunt and honest is, I don't have a boyfriend, but no, I do, I'm not interested in dancing with you, but thank you for the offer. Literally, I've used that line so many times, but then turned around and been called so many names because if they were rejected, even in the most polite way, there were some people out there that got so gnarly, so gnarly. And I'm like, I didn't lie. I just 
said, you know, I'm good, thank you, etc. Like, because if I didn't want to go in and get dancing, that was kind of my connection point of the claustrophobia in the dance floor in the in my brain and somebody coming and asked, hey, do you want to go dance? And I said, no, thank you. And even though I'd be dancing on the side wall, so like here's me and I'm dancing, but you know what? I don't need to explain to you that I'm claustrophobic on the dance floor, that I feel uncomfortable. And I also know more often than not, also if I've seen you on the dance floor and you're one that likes to grind and all that kind of stuff, it's not my style. So I'm not interested in that kind of dance. Thank you. No. And so when they get offended, then like being able to say it in the future, I got to still stand my ground to the next one and go no or no and just have that fear of them being rejected how nasty they're going to get with me do i lie to them and say this is my boyfriend and my friend just takes over for me because and that's what i need to do or what so judgments rejection all of that and i mean i'm only talking about hey come dance with me on the dance floor well the whole levels of when it comes to all the sex things even when you're going to communicate maybe about your pleasures and your kinks with each other, with a partner or not partner or whatever. Those rejections and judgments, those are natural fears. And it, guess what I'm going to say? The whole solution is to that one. Guess what? Uh, points to you with a star sticker that's communication. Communication and respect are the key to a healthy relationship, sexual relationship and just to sex in general. So yeah, it, communication, be you, stand you. So when we go back to that example of me and the guy that asked me to dance and I said no, and then he went, Pfft. I just, I specifically am remembering this one scenario. It's happened more than once, but this one guy, like he literally was like grooving on all my, my jewelry and my outfit and all that kind of stuff. Then he went and took it and went down like, those aren't even real pearls. And those are like just started stripping me apart. And I'm like, wow, he's got something going on. But I can't allow, like, I was like, we need to, I got uncomfortable and that's not fair that I, yes, I rejected you, but with, with politeness and you're totally attacking me for that. So then that, and that, that again, like I said, not the first time. So that fear of having reject or rejecting somebody and what it can cause. I mean, I've had it in past relationships. I really don't want the sex. I'm not interested in it right now. Like my headspace isn't there. And they're like, but um, you owe me. And uh, yeah, those are words that have come out of pass in the relationship and whether they're relationship or whatever like really and you come at me with you owe me or these kinds of things like that's not the way you're going to communicate with each other it's never going to work out that way and that is all set up for all the wrong reasons and not pleasant obviously no obviously that relationship didn't work out for very much longer after that I was like and I'm out um but communication just going to end it on. And respect. Respect, respect, respect. Respect the other person, okay? If I don't want to come dance with you, sir, then just respect that. Move on. Have a good day. You don't need to turn around and tear me into pieces because I said no to you, oh king, or whomever you thought you were. That's unnecessary. And because there's those people that are out there, unfortunately, you do have to battle that. But that's because there's some people out there. But remember that rejection 
like ugly rejection scenarios like this, that's on him and not on me. But I absolutely still have the right to say, and I didn't want to go and I don't owe him nothing. I didn't know him, nothing. So that I have to stand my ground and not feel all that that he just kind of put in there. Okay? So communication and respect. R-E-S-B-C-T. Thank you for listening or watching from whatever device you are on. I always appreciate each and every one of you just for simply being here. Your support truly means the world to me. Now before you go though, remember your keys to overcoming fears about sex. What did you take away from today? I hope, first of all, communication. Because like, if you didn't, I definitely didn't do my job and I know I did. You have to know about communication and how important that is. Next to that, education. And that doesn't just mean in schools and courses. Educate yourself from all kinds of forms. There are resources out there in every direction. We live in a world with a plethora of information. Just be aware of what and how you are educating yourself, what source you're using, and take that you know, kind of with a grain of salt, if you will, and mix it with, you know, weighing out the common sense of a lot of things, okay? Educate yourself, though. Research. Do your homework. Talk to people. Get, you know, relatable conversations going on with people. Get into groups. All kinds of things. And last but not least, but absolutely just as important to make sure that this key takeaway is taken away today focus on pleasure and intimacy people intimacy and just that that connection that you have to enjoy each other that pleasures of why you're even doing this that it's not just a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of scenario that there is so much more to it so remember to focus on those pleasures what your partner's pleasures are figure out what your pleasures are and enjoy the intimacy playtime of adult playdates and otherwise. Take care. Be safe. Get medical support if you need it. And then some. Have an amazing day. We'll talk again soon.